for empty hearts this morning. He wants to fill your heart today. For those this morning who have no feeling, who have no desire, who feel like they have no purpose today, He wants to bring that for you. He wants to give that to you today. Because money can't fill it. Jobs can't fill the void. Stuff can't fill the void. Even relationships here on earth can't fill the void of purpose, significance, hope, desire. Only Jesus can satisfy. Only a connection and relationship with him. can try and come up with all sorts of coping mechanisms in order to deal with life. But he wants to fill the emptiness of your soul this morning. In Jesus' name, fill our hearts to overflowing. In Jesus' name, fill our hearts to overflowing, oh God. And Lord, I pray that a hunger would rise up in us, Lord God, a realization that a desiring of you, Lord God, a hunger for you, Lord God, is that if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, Lord God, that we will receive it. We will, Lord God. You will fill us. We will be filled. And so that the, the desires that will rise up within us. We'll begin to see purpose. We'll begin to see significance in our life. We'll begin to see why we're, we are where we are and doing what we're doing. So may we hunger and thirst after more of you today. May we hunger and thirst after more of you today. In Jesus' name.
junior highs can uh, go with Jonathan this morning if they'd like. There's just a real sweet sense of God's spirit here today. Do you feel it? Get a sense that God is here? Get a sense that he's visiting us in a special way? It's not hocus pocus. We don't have any, we're not pumping anything into the air. It's the Holy Spirit of God and he's speaking to us. And uh, you know what, Suzanne, could you just come back for a minute before you get your notepad out? I'm gonna say good things later. Just Church, I feel as though we need to pray. We need to pray for our congregation. We've, we've, we've had um, the accidents happen. There's some real heartache going on in our church right now. And I feel as I was talking with Pastor Corey that we need to pray in belief that this is a place of healing, that this is a, that this is a place that we, we want to pray God's protection and healing over our church so that we would, not, we would not be having to deal with the things that we're dealing with. This morning we have some things that I'd, I'd like to pray for you. And uh, we know that uh, we need to pray for, we need to pray for Tanya. Tanya is meeting with the doctors and, and she's got some, some things that are going on inside of her that they're concerned that it might, uh, it, it might be something that, that's more serious than we want it to be. And so we need to pray that, that's, that it's, there's nothing wrong with her. We need to pray right now that she would be healed and that there would be nothing wrong with whatever's going on into your liver, that there's, that there's cysts on your liver, and we, we need to pray that, that is, there's nothing wrong, that those can be taken care of in Jesus' name, that the doctor can take care of that, and that it's, it is not going to have any long-term effects upon her life. And we just want to pray for you, and I, I want to make sure the kids are gone, but we love you guys, and we need to pray. We need to pray God's protection on you, God's healing. <clears throat> and we've got, you know, we've got other stuff going on. Derek's dad. We need to pray for Derek's dad. Um, we need to pray for healing in his life. We need to pray for Scott Ionita, who has shingles right now and, and, is, and is in a very, very... Uh, when, <clears throat> when shingles hit a, a, a middle-aged man like Scott, that uh, it can be extremely serious. Church, I believe that when we put our faith and our trust in God, that he can protect us. But that means we need to take our requests to him. It means we need to lift our hearts to him and say, God, we trust you. Please protect us. Protect our families. Protect our homes. Protect our bodies from sicknesses. Protect our children. We need to pray and ask for these things. The Bible says ask and you'll receive. Now we need to believe with the, with the prayer of faith that God's going to protect us, that God's going to heal us, that we can band together and say, God, protect our church, protect our homes, protect this body of believers. Because we will not stand for the enemy messing with our people. We will not stand for allowing the enemy to attack our homes, our lives, our bodies. Because greater is he that is in me than he is in the world, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And so we stand upon his word. By his stripes we are healed. We can, we can pray for that protection. 
So we need to all stand and believe this morning. We need to all stand and believe this morning. If you need to come for special prayer, we'll lay hands on you. But we are going to join together in one accord in belief that God's word is true. And that we do not need to be afraid. Those circumstances may come. Those, Those things may happen. We want to believe this morning for healing. We want to believe this morning for protection. And we want to believe that God is the one who is the answer. Right? He's the one who's the answer. He works through doctors. He works through people. He works through everybody. But our trust is in him. My hope is in the Lord. So this morning, would you just begin to pray for protection, for healing in people's lives, for our families, for our children, for our marriages? We need to believe this morning in one accord. The Bible says that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful. That when we rely on him, then we trust in him, and that we call out to him, he listens to our prayers, and he answers our prayers. So as we begin to pray, that means each and every person with the sound of my voice would begin to pray for the protection of our church, begin to pray for healing for the people of our church, specifically Derek's dad and Scott Ionita and and for Tanya. But there's others. There's others we need to pray for. There's others that you know that I don't know. So as we pray together, honestly, we're going to take a good five minutes and pray. And it's not a waste of time. This is waiting on God. This is making our petitions known. The reason he died on the cross is so that we could come to him with this. Right? So we're going to pray for the next five minutes and just believe God's for, for God's protection. If you need to walk around and you need to pray, if you need to cover this place, if you need to speak in tongues and call out to God in another language, then you do it. But we're gonna call out to him and believe that he is going to answer our prayers. Can we do that together this morning? Let's just begin to pray. Would you begin to do that right now? Begin to intercede. Begin to intercede. Just believe this morning. Believe this morning for God's protection. Believe this morning for his healing. Come on, call out to God. This is your moment. This is your moment of faith to speak to God, to speak to God on others' behalf. Just begin to pray. Begin to believe this morning. Come on, church. Come on, church. We need to confess. We need to confess and believe. Confess and believe this morning. Confess and believe that the word of God is true. Confess and believe this morning. Confess and believe, God, we just pray. Lord, we just pray, Lord God, that you would heal our people. God, that you would heal these ones, God, for Scott, God, and for Tanya, Lord Jesus, and for Derek's father, Lord God. We just believe right now this morning for healing in Jesus' name. God, we believe not because of the sound of our voice, but because of our Father in heaven, but because of Christ's death on the cross, that because he died on the cross for our sins and rose again, that he is the Lord and Savior over everything, that he is the Lord and Savior over sickness, over cancer, Lord God. We believe that in these moments, God, because of you, that cancer will be obliterated in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord Jesus. 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 Yes,
us. Yes, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's call out to him. Let us not grow weary in praying. Let us not grow weary in praying. This is family business right now. This is family business right now. We're praying for family business right now in Jesus' name. Let's continue to pray. Continue to pray. Let's continue to believe. God speak to you this morning. He is putting someone in your hearts this morning to pray for. Would you just confess their name? Would you just confess their name and say, God, just bring healing to this person. God, just bring healing to them in Jesus' name. With your own lips, with your own voice, God is bringing someone's name, someone's life to your spirit right now and just begin to speak it. Just begin to say, God, bring healing in Jesus' name. Not because of what I say, but because of who you are. Yes, Lord Jesus. Father, we just lift up your name. God, we give you this moment, Lord Jesus. We say right now, we believe in you, that we trust in you, that we believe that you have the power over sin, over darkness, over sickness, over disease, over poverty, Lord God, over over broken relationships, Lord God. We believe that you have the power over that. God, we believe, Lord Jesus, this morning that you are going to break those things in people's hearts today. God, we're believing God is Scott Ionita is homesick. Lord Jesus, that his fever would break. Lord God, that all sickness would be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, that he would be 
be able to walk, walk around and continue work that we might praise your name because of what you have done. Oh, Father, we just pray for Derek's dad. Lord Jesus, I pray right now in Jesus' name that he would be healed of cancer, Lord God. Lord Jesus, that there would not be one moment, there would not be one little part of him that would have any sickness in him, Lord Jesus, that it would be gone, oh God, that we might be able to praise your name, Lord God, and give you all the glory and all the honor. And God, may the prayer of faith rise up, Lord Jesus. And God, I just pray. God, for Tanya this morning, would you just stretch your hand towards Tanya this morning? God, we just pray, Lord God, that she would be healed in Jesus' name. God, that the doctors would be dumbfounded by the miracles, God, that you're going to do in her, Lord God. And so we just believe this morning, Lord Jesus, that we might be able to be hear a good report, Lord God, hear a good news, Lord Jesus, in her life. Father, bring healing, Lord God. Bring healing, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. God, we pray, God, for Brenda Price, Lord Jesus, God, and the, God, the sickness in her body, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would, Lord Jesus, just, God, infiltrate her body, Lord God, infiltrate her heart, Lord Jesus, and that, God, that you would, you would heal her body, Lord God, and it would be, it would, it would be healed, Lord Jesus, and another, Lord God, we're just believing for prayer, God, we're believing for healing today. So, Father, we give these things to you. We place these things in your hand today. And, God, we bring them to you because we trust you. We trust your word. We trust your promises. Folks, if you need specific prayer, why don't you come? We're going to pray a little bit longer. If you need something specific to pray for, and we'd love to pray for you if that's, if that's you this morning. If that's you, would you, just, would you just come? We can lay hands on you. If, if not, that's fine. I just want to make sure that you have that opportunity.
just received the victory from God this morning. Doesn't it feel better taking these things to God? Doesn't it feel better taking these things to God and trusting in someone and trusting in God? And so we just believe, we just thank God for the victory. Would you begin to do that? Just say, God, I just thank God that we can come to you. I just thank you that we can come to you and ask you for these things. We pray, Lord God, we thank you that we can approach your throne. We, we thank you, Lord Jesus, God, for the victory, for what you're going to do, what you're already doing in people's lives this morning. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've given us, for all that you've done. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you're doing, for all that you've done. We thank you, Jesus. Jesus. We thank you, 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 Jesus. Amen. Amen. We thank you, Jesus. of us coming together and being together and joining together to believe. It is not a coincidence that, that we have a sense of God's spirit in a special way when we're together. Listen, church, it's so important that we come together in one accord. So when you come to church, we need to believe and expect and to listen to the spirit was the word that came, was to listen to the spirit together so that we can listen to what God is saying to us as a church. Because there are moments this morning, listen, I didn't have that prepared. Pastor Corey, we're, we just, even before the service, God just, I just felt like, you know what? We need to pray for our church. We need to pray God's protection. We need to pray God's healing. There's too much going on. These are the moments we need to lift each other up in prayer. These are the days that we need to think outside of ourselves, think outside of our own circumstances and realize that we're stronger together. And that as we follow the Spirit of God, He leads us into victory. Amen? Amen. Man, I really had a goal of trying to get services done by 12 o'clock. That's just not going to happen. So would you just, I just, I want to give you this promise. And I'm going to, I'm going to like, I'm going to give you the cookie cutter version. 
as best I can this morning. But God has an amazing promise for us, and I just want to share that with you so that we can continue to believe this morning. Thank you so much, uh, Suzanne, um, for continuing to play. You can go now if you'd like. Um, But let me just... Let me just give something small to you today. It's not small, it's huge. I wish I had the time, but this morning is one. You know when someone, you know when you're with someone and they, they, they say something to you and they promise you, they promise you they're gonna do something for you that sounds so generous and they're just like, you know that they're with you and they're just like, hey, do you wanna, you know, I've got a I've got a cottage down in Florida that you could borrow anytime. Just you just need to ask me, and uh, why don't you just ask me next time you want to go on vacation, and you can just borrow it. You ever you ever have someone offer you something like that, and they just they make a promise, and you're just like, my phone is on apparently, and it's blowing up. I apologize. I don't know what is going on. Someone promises you something, and they're just all of a sudden they're like. They tell you something and you're just like, oh, that sounds like a really good deal. But you don't take advantage of it at that moment and you think to yourself, well, they offered me a free week of holidays at their cottage. But like, how do I bring that up again? Right? You've been in that situation. Come on, you have. Someone's offered you to do something for you or some great opportunity that they're like, oh yeah, I'll do that for you. And then you don't take the opportunity and then you think about it later and you're just like, but they said that they would. But you don't want to approach them. You don't want to approach them because you think to yourself, that seems a little like, hey, can I get that free stuff that you offered before? Because it sounds really good for me, not so good for you. Have you ever felt like that? That you, you, there's this offer of, of something so good and, and it, was, it, was, it was even free. It was something that wasn't going to cost you anything. And then, but you didn't want to say anything. You didn't want to bring it up again because you'd feel cheap. You'd feel like you're taking advantage of them and you're just like, I just wanted to remind you of the free thing you said I could have. Doesn't that feel weird? I think there are some times that we try and approach God with forgiveness in this same way, that we understand that God will give us forgiveness, and yet sometimes we don't ask him for forgiveness because we think it's too much of a bother. We think it's, it's too much of something, well, that's, I mean, I know that's what the Bible says, but like, that's weird, you know, like, God, will you forgive me? Church, I want you to know that one of the promises of God, one of the things that we need to come and see and tell people about the amazing things of God is that he promises to forgive. Is that he promises to forgive. And I know maybe you've heard people talk about this before and we're talking about forgiveness. I'm just like, well, this is a brand new topic, Pastor Shane. Like, you hardly ever talk about forgiveness. Maybe I always talk about forgiveness. But I'm telling you, this is an extraordinary truth. Because forgiveness isn't easy. Forgiveness isn't easy. It's hard. That when someone hurts me, for me to forgive is not an easy thing. But the Bible says that God promises the forgiveness of sin. What is sin? 
That's a whole other sermon. But it comes down to this. Sin is you acting selfishly. Sin is me acting selfishly. Every moment of my life, the moment I am thinking of myself and myself alone, what would be best for me, what would be good for me, what would, what would benefit me and possibly hurt someone else, the moment I start thinking about my own pride, my own attitude, my own amount of money, my own amount of resources, and the moment I start thinking about me is the moment I walk into sin. That is where sin begins. It begins with selfishness. And the Bible says that he will forgive us of all of this selfishness because you know and I know the moment I begin to think to myself, I've got to do something good for me, I've got to make sure this is good for me, is the moment we start down the path of destruction. Is the moment we start making bad choices. Think about it, church. Think about the bad choices that you've made. I'll bet you that all of them have started with the, with the thought of, well, I don't want to feel bad, or I don't want to look bad, or I want to make sure that I get this, or I get that, or I deserve this, or I deserve that. Almost every sin we've ever committed started with the word I. The Bible says... That all of those mistakes that we've made, all of those selfish moves that we made, those mistakes that have hurt other people, that have hurt our own lives, that there's forgiveness for that. We live in a world around us of people making mistakes, people thinking of themselves, and they're destroying their lives, destroying other people's lives because they're making those choices. Well, God has an extraordinary truth for the world around us that we can be forgiven from all of that selfishness. That we can be forgiven for the mistakes that have hurt ourselves and hurt everyone around us. That's an amazing promise. Because forgiveness is not necessarily always given, is it? Does everybody forgive? Does everybody forgive? No. They don't. I don't know how many stories you've heard about family members who have just held on to grudges for years and years and years and years. Anybody have a story like that? I do. Where's the forgiveness? It's just not there. Jesus will always forgive, will always be willing to come and forgive us. So I just want to give you a few points and a few scripture verses so that I'm not here all day long. The first thing I want you to know that Christ Jesus is ready to forgive you. And what does that mean? It means that he is so prepared, he is so willing to forgive us when we make mistakes. That he's ready to do it. That he's willing to do it. Psalm chapter 86 verse 5 says, Oh Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all those who ask for your help. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8 says, He is so rich in kindness and grace, He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. So He is so ready. I don't know about you, but I hate buying cars because they cost a lot of money. And I don't like buying things that cost a lot of money. And a car just depreciates, okay? A car will never get better. It will always get worse. And you're just like, no, no, you haven't seen car. No, no. 
cars rot, okay? The longer you leave them, the worse, I'm telling you, cars just get worse and worse and worse. I hate, hate buying cars. Some of you who love buying cars are just like, we can't be friends. <laughs> I hate buying cars. You know why? They're expensive. And even when I do find the things that I love, even when I do things and things, oh man, I would love to get that, there is something comes over me when I pass over the money. Right? That thing that you get and you pass over the money and you're like, oh man, this is, I really like this thing, but this is going to hurt. I don't really want to do this. The thing about Christ's forgiveness for us is that Jesus is always willing to pay the price. He is always willing to forgive us. That whenever we come to him and say, God, I'm just sorry for the things that I've done wrong. God, please forgive me of my sins. I want to have a good relationship. I want to change my life. Whenever we come to him with forgiveness, he is so willing to do, to make that transaction and say, yes, I will forgive you. There's no hesitation in his voice. There's no like humming and hawing. There's no like this weirdness, this awkwardness where, I don't know, I don't know about you, but when someone asks me for forgiveness when they've really hurt me, it's like paying for a really expensive car sometimes. I know I need to do this, but I don't really want to. I'm going to do it because I need a car, but uh, Jesus never does that. His forgiveness for us. He is always so willing to forgive us our sins. He's ready. It's like he's waiting. It's like he's waiting for us to ask for forgiveness. It's not that, it's not that he's even, it's not even that he's put out. He's waiting. He's waiting for your relationship with him to be reconciled, for it to come back together. Because as long as those sins are between you, there's something between you and your relationship is not right. And he wants your relationship with him to be right. He is so willing and ready to forgive. The second thing about forgiveness is that he forgives all of our sin. That every single one. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. All of it. All of our unrighteousness. Every mistake we've ever made, the big ones to the small ones. Every mistake we've ever made, every selfish motivation we've had, every moment that we have thought of ourselves and we have messed up our lives, that we've hurt others and hurt others in other situations, Jesus says, I'm willing to forgive all of your sins. Every single one. This is why Jesus had to die on the cross for our sins. This is why he gave us that example of dying on the cross for our sins. Because he needed to conquer death once and for all so that all of our sins would be covered. I, I think that's amazing. That all of our sin, all of our mistakes... I find it interesting here that it also says that we need to confess our sins to God. We've kind of gotten away from that, haven't we? Confessing our sins to God. 
You know, the Catholic Church, they have, they have this process where you have to confess your sins to a priest and that they, they have communicate some sort of thing to God on your behalf. We don't have to do that, okay? We have direct access to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can go directly to God. But listen, listen to me. There's something about confessing our sin. Maybe we, I think we've lost this confession. I think we've lost this idea of actually saying to God, this is what I've done wrong, Lord. I need you to forgive me. Because sometimes when we don't confess our sin, it's not real. We don't really feel like it's real. We're just hoping it goes away. You know what it's like when you hope things go away? I don't want to say anything. You know the, some of the circumstances in your life, the things that kind of go badly, and you're just like, well, if I don't say anything, maybe nobody will notice. but it still continues to affect our lives. Church, we need to confess our sin to God. And if we do that, he will cleanse us of all unrighteousness, everything, all. And I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the really tough sins. I'm talking about the ones that are life-changing, those moments. God will cleanse us from all of that. And the reason he does it, again, is because he wants relationship with you and he wants relationship with me and the sin in your life is blocking that relationship with you. It's blocking you having victory over the the hard parts of your life. It's blocking you from making the decisions that you need to make in your life. And so he wants to forgive you of all of your sin. He wants you to confess all of your sin because he wants all of your sin out of the way. He doesn't want it to hurt you anymore. He doesn't want it to destroy you anymore. That's why he's so willing to forgive. It's because he sees the sin in your life destroying you. Have you ever looked into somebody else's life from the outside and thought, that thing that they're doing is destroying their life? That, that, that thing that they're doing, that, that way that they're acting is destroying their life. If they could just stop doing that, some way, somehow, God, they could just, their life would be changed. Listen, God wants your life to be changed. He wants your life full of freedom. He wants your life full of purpose. He wants your life full of hope. And so that's why he wants you to confess all of your sins because he wants it all out of the way so that you can give all of God, that you can have all of him. That's why the all is important. All of our sin. I love this next one. He will always forgive you. So it's not just all of our sin, but that he will always forgive us. Matthew 18, 21 and 22. This is such a funny story. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sinned against me? Seven times. And Jesus says, no, not seven times. He says, 70 times seven. So 490 times, Lord? See, back in the day, in, in Hebrew rabbinic rule, you really only had to, through Hebrew law, forgive someone three times. So Peter, you know, says to Jesus, like, so how many should I forgive someone? Like seven times? Peter, thinking that he's so amazing, is like, way more than three times, Lord. Like seven times, I'm so gracious. 
Peter thought. And Jesus says, no. Seventy times seven. Did he really mean 490? No, he meant always. You see, I am so grateful for that. Because there are some mistakes and sinful moments and selfish things that I do in my life. And I seem to do those things over and over. And I, try, and I come back to God every time and I ask him for forgiveness and I thank God that he continues to forgive my sin because I know what it's like and some of you know what it's like when someone sins against you one time, you're just like, okay, I forgive you. But after the 10th time, you know, uh, Suzanne, come here for a second. Just, just, just kind of tap me in the shoulder just like that. You see, that's kind of annoying. But like if Suzanne were to kind of like keep doing it, like so if she were to keep doing it, like eventually my arm would really hurt. Like, if she kept doing it, I'm telling you, there'd be bruising, there would be, there, it would be really, really hurt. You know why? Because the more that it happens, the more that it seems that it hurts. That's what it's like sometimes when we go to God and we think to ourselves, God, I've poked you so many times about this. And I understand maybe the first or second or third time it would have been okay, but this is like the, the 27th time. Isn't this annoying? And he says, no. He says, I'm willing to forgive. 70 times seven. Every time you confess your sin to God, every time you sincerely come to him, he says, Yes, of course, I will forgive you because I want to be in relationship with you. His motivation is to not keep score on our rights and our wrongs. His motivation is to know us and for our relationship with God to benefit us so that we might have a life of freedom, that we might have a life of victory. So he says, of course, I'll forgive you because I want you to live a life of victory. Of course I'll forgive you. I want you to be free from that sin that's destroying you. So yes, every single time, yes. I forgive you. Every time. I don't know if you're tracking with me on this forgiveness thing, but the more and more I talk about it, the more and more extraordinary it sounds the more and more amazing it is, the more and more understanding of saying, I don't know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't function in this level of forgiveness. Finally, the Bible says that when he forgives us, that our sin will not be counted against us. That he doesn't, he doesn't keep score. And when I forgive their wickedness, Hebrews 8 verse 12, I will never again remember their sins. Psalm 103 verses 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. 
So we all know that God does not forget, that this is a, an expression when it really means is that our sins will not be counted against us. That when God looks at us and we've asked for forgiveness, he doesn't remember our sin, he doesn't look at our sin, he doesn't look at our past mistakes, and he doesn't, he doesn't look at those past mistakes and, and think to ourselves, okay, well, I think I really want to help Shane and bless Shane, but he's really kind of messed me up before. So I'm just going to like give him a little bit of my blessing, or I'm just going to take care of him just a little bit because some of the stuff he did before was pretty bad. It's not that way. I can identify with that because I felt that. I felt that. When someone has wronged me or I need to forgive someone who has hurt me on multiple times, and I think to myself, yes, I'll forgive you, of course, however. I can never have a relationship with you ever again. However, there are some stipulations to my forgiveness. But Christ functions in an attitude that we cannot comprehend. That he does not take into account the mistakes that we've made after we've asked for forgiveness. You see, if someone in my life was struggling with stealing the money at my house, I would think to myself, I'm probably not going to leave my wallet out when they come over next time. Right? I forgive you, but I don't really trust you. That you're not going to get the full benefits of ongoing relationship because of what you've done in the past. And that start, listen, isn't that starting to mess up a little bit of your theology about forgiveness right now? Isn't that starting to get a little bit too close to the, to the heart right now about how we forgive others? Because the way that Christ forgives us, it says that he remembers our sins no more. He does not count our sin against us. That means even though I have bugged him over and over about these moments of forgiveness, these moments, these mistakes that I've made, that for some reason he continues to trust in that relationship. He continues to come just as close to me as he was before. He continues to promise just as much blessing, just as much victory, just as much power over sin, even though there was so much sin before. For me, when someone hurts me and wrongs me, and while I may have been standing this close to them in a relationship, it seems to me that as they hurt me and wrong me, I slowly step further and further away because I don't want to get hurt again. The extraordinary thing about Christ's love for us is that his love never stops. His unending love never stops so that every time I make a mistake, he comes. He comes back to hear 
says, I'm right with you. I am right beside you. Whatever you've done, whatever mistake you've made, no matter how many times you've made it, I'm still beside you. When you walk in forgiveness, when you ask forgiveness in that moment that you call on his name, he's as close as the mention of his name. This is the foundational promise, one of the foundational promises of God that the world needs to hear. That their relationship with God could be one that's so extraordinary, so amazing, that's based on a forgiveness of sins, that's based on a trust in him, that he will not count our sins against us when we ask for forgiveness. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time not counting my sins against me. Right? I'm the one who thinks about my sins. I'm the one who thinks about my mistakes, and I seem to count those against me. I seem to think to myself, well, I really blew that, so like, I don't deserve Christ's forgiveness, or I don't deserve what Christ has for me, or I'm not good enough to do this, or I'm not good enough to do that because of what I have done in the past. Church, how many other people in the world do you think has that same thought? Do you think it's just you and me? Or do you think it's everybody? Hmm. Can you imagine the freedom that people would feel when they begin to comprehend that there is a relationship that they can have with their God, that they can be forgiven on so many levels, that they, even though they've made so many mistakes in the past, even though they've made so many selfish choices in the past, that they can begin on the road to victory and freedom and completely change the direction of their life? It's true, isn't it? It's true, isn't it? Your life is our testimony that it's true. People need to know this promise. They need to know about Christ's forgiveness. They need to know that we don't serve a, a, a God up in heaven with a lightning bolt ready to destroy us but rather a God who is doing everything he can possibly do to forgive us, to reconcile, to have a relationship with us, and that each and every time, each and every time we come to him, he says, yes. His promises are true. And he promises forgiveness. Pastor Corey said it last week. He said, 
God is not a liar. He doesn't lie. He comes through on his promises. There's prophetic words all through the, the Old Testament that come true in the New Testament. If we believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, then we've got to believe in the word. And if we believe in the word, then we've got to believe that the promises are true. And if we believe that the promises are true, then that means we have to believe that God's forgiveness is constant. It is true. And that it is real. And what, what that promise of forgiveness, and this is what I'll close with, what that promise of forgiveness should translate into is that we are not afraid to fail. That we do not have to be afraid to be imperfect because we serve a perfect God who gives us perfect forgiveness. It takes away this level of fear that says, well, well, what if I make a mistake? If I'm, if I'm sincere in my heart towards God, he'll forgive me. Because he loves me. That doesn't mean I make mistakes on purpose. It doesn't mean I go and, and do whatever I want and then come back on a Sunday morning and say, God, please forgive me. What it does mean is that I have a real relationship with God, a real connection with God, and that he understands me and I understand him, and that when I come to him and I ask for forgiveness, he says yes. The world needs to hear this message because they're operating in fear. They're so scared to do the wrong thing. Church, I don't know if this has resonated with you, but as I, as I speak about it, as you begin to understand, as you begin to comprehend the, the implications of Christ's forgiveness, you begin to see how extraordinary this truth is. And while it has changed your life, it will continue to change others' lives if they would know that truth. Because that's good news. Hey, listen, that's good news. I, I haven't met anybody who's forgiven me and I thought that's bad news. What, you forgive me? Come on. Are you kidding me? Right? Can you imagine right now? I don't know if any of you have like debt on your credit cards or line of credit. Can you imagine right now if someone came to you and just said, Look, I'm just going to pay off all your debt? How's that sound? What? No way. I want to play 19% interest on that. Listen, this is good news, church. This is good news. The, the forgiveness of God is good news because it's a free and gracious gift from God that he offers to us. And this is great news for the people around us. This is the come and see. This is, you've got to realize what this is really all about. This is the good news they need to hear. And we need to let people know some of this. What is your faith all about? Man, I just thank God he forgives me. I thank God he gives me a second chance. I thank God that I get a fresh start. I thank God that I get to start over and that he's victorious in my life and I don't have to be afraid. What are you talking about? That's the God that we serve. That's the message we need to convey. Because that's good news. Would you pray with me this morning? Would you pray? Would you just 
bow your heads in a word of prayer. This morning, the good news, the gospel of Christ is that he is willing to forgive. He is willing to forgive you this morning of your sin. He is willing to give you a brand new start, a brand new beginning. For every person who's here, maybe you've asked him once, maybe you've asked him a hundred times or a thousand times to forgive you. He is willing to forgive. but I believe we all need to pray this prayer. For the first time, for the thousandth time, we need to pray this prayer and believe and just confess our sin to God and give our lives to Him. And just say, I'm sorry, please forgive me for what I've done. And maybe you're doing it for the first time, and if you are, then you are stepping from darkness to light. And if you have any questions about that afterwards, I'd love to talk to you. Pastor Coy will talk to you. We've got a, a Bible for you, a devotional for you, and help answer any of your questions. But for all of us, I'm not talking a show of hands. I'm assuming that all of our hands are up. We need God's forgiveness this morning. So would you repeat after me with all of your hearts, dear Jesus? I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my selfishness. I'm sorry for thinking of me. Please forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. I don't want anything to get in the way of our relationship. Take over my life once again. In Jesus' name. Church, I believe we broke through some things today. I believe this is a year of advancing in Jesus' name. And so I believe that God's protection is upon us. I believe God's protection is upon us. I believe he's going to bring healing and reconciliation. He's going to take care of us, and we're going to advance. Amen? Would you take a moment? I know I've, I've gone away over time. Would you take a moment and talk to the people around you and love each other for just a couple more minutes before you're dismissed. Could you do that for me? Please. Would you do that for me? You're dismissed. God bless you. <laughs>